0: So much of modern motherhood is spent wishing we were doing better, whether we're comparing ourselves to other moms or to the ideal mom we assumed we'd be before we had kids. But this wishing takes us further and further away from joy and it stops us from being the mom we want to be. I'm Rebecca Brownright and I'm here to help you focus on connection because connecting more deeply with yourself and with your kids will help you forget about mom comparisons. Connection will help you resolve behavior issues with your kids and connection will help you live a life full of real joy because that's what you and your kids deserve. Pause and connect with me for a moment to listen to discussions about connection and motherhood, finding your purpose, smashing cultural narratives, and so much more. This is Pause and Connect. Hi friends. Before we get into this episode, I just wanted to really quickly say that this subject is sort of tricky to articulate. There are some contradictions just within this topic. And so as you listen, you're going to hear those contradictions, but I want you to know that they resolve as the episode goes on. So you might hear something and say to yourself, well, wait, but you know, as you're listening, but then just know that that's going to be addressed as I flesh out this topic. This is a really important topic, and I'd love to hear your thoughts after you listen. So please feel free to send me an email at connect at rebeccabrownwright.com or send me a DM on Instagram. I'm at pause and connect. And okay, let's get into this really important topic. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back everyone. This is pause and connect episode 25 called kids are not our trophies or our shame. What I mean by that is we tend to value our own parenting and human worth based on how our children behave. So if they get straight A's, we feel individual pride for that. If they are praised by a stranger in the grocery store for behaving well, we feel we are good parents. That's how we turn them into trophies, these little beings that we can now take credit for and be proud of. Like their behavior is an extension of us. And then the flip side, of course, is shame. So when our kids are acting out in the grocery store and someone gives us a crusty look or worse, a judgmental comment, we feel like we're bad parents. We're not good anymore. It's not just that our child is having a bad day, it's that we are worth less as human beings and parents. And when let's say our kid doesn't get good grades, we feel ashamed. What did we do wrong? Why can't we be better parents who have children who do well in school? Now, one reason we tend to do this, I think this, this thing where we turn our children into our trophies or our personal shame is because we're living in a results driven society. We're always thinking about the end result that shows our worth. So as much as we don't want to buy into this, it's it's surrounding us all the time and we really can't get away from it. So we're all participating in this in some way. And while we can't get away from it, we can we can learn to recognize it and begin to reject it in our own lives, but it's it's still there. It's probably going to be a problem for all of us forever, right? But we, we can get better at it. So, but what does that look like? What do I mean when we when I say we're living in a results-driven society? So we all have different measurements of our worth, and that's what I'm talking about. So for one person, it might be home ownership. Once they own a home, then they, they've they reached that level where they, they feel like they're worth what they need to be worth. Uh, maybe it's um, someone, they might be like their body size. When they reach a certain body size, they'll feel like they're worth something, or they think they're going to feel like they're they're worthy. And when they don't have that body size, they don't feel like they've attained it yet. Then Then they don't feel like they're worthy. For another, it might be advancement in a company, but whatever it is, we tend to set a personal standard for what makes us worthy. And then we judge ourselves against it. So we either feel good about ourselves or bad about ourselves based on that. And so then parenting is a really common area where we do this. And it makes so much sense that we do this because the stakes are high in parenting. We want to be our best. We love our children so much. We want to make sure they have everything they need. We want them to be successful, happy. Every, everything, all of our hopes and dreams are wrapped up in our children, right? And then you add on to that, that we're in this society that tells us that we're, it's, it's it's a fact that we can be worthy when, once we achieve a certain result. And I I say fact in air quotes, because that's not true. We're already worthy, but that's what society tells us. Like we'll be worthy when. And so we kind of take that into our parenting. We kind of turn our children into our result. And so what they do determines if we're a good mom or a bad mom. So let's say they're hitting kids. Well, we make it about us. We are bad. I'm a bad mom because my kid keeps hitting kids, right? Um, if they share nicely, then we're good. I'm a good mom. My mom, my kids share nicely, right? That's what we do, but it's not true. And and as I'm I'm sitting here saying all of this, like I I'm right there in this same boat. Like I I remember. I'm probably doing it now. I, I just haven't thought of an example right now because this is on the spot, but I remember when my child was three, my oldest child, she taught herself how to read. And I took that as my personal victory. That's my trophy. I'm an amazing mother because my three-year-old taught herself how to read. Well, you know what that did? Like it it it, it, it made me, it, it gave me an inflated ego. And then when my next child came along and didn't do that, I'm like, Oh dang, I'm not a good mom anymore. I'm messing up. What am I doing wrong? Right? Because I took that as my own personal victory, but it was never my victory to begin with. And I want to, that's what we're going to talk about here. So there's, we're not bad when our kids do bad things and we're not good when our kids do good things, because life is much more nuanced than that. It just is. Your child isn't even bad if they're hitting other kids. There's no such thing as a good or bad child. There's no such thing as a good or bad mom. And then of course their behavior is influenced by our parenting, but it's still their behavior. So it's not what makes us worthy or valued as parents. Of course, we need to spend our parenthood in pursuit of teaching our children how to be kind, how to manage their emotions, how to succeed, and how to brush their teeth and everything, right? Like that that's, that's what we have to do as parents. So I'm not saying like... Your child's behavior doesn't reflect on you, so you don't have to teach them anything. Like, of course, I, I, I know that our children's behavior does reflect on us to a certain extent, but again, there's so much more nuance than that. It's it, What I'm trying to get at here is while we influence our children and we're responsible for teaching them so much, their actions don't make us good or bad. They don't make us a good or bad parent. They don't make us worthy or unworthy, okay? Okay. And we're gonna teach some things better than others. We might not provide our our kids with all the skills they need, but because we might not have those skills, or maybe we don't know how to teach those skills. Like maybe they're second nature to us. How do you teach, how do you teach a second nature skill to someone? That's hard. Or maybe we just haven't thought of them yet, right? Um, so like we just we can't attain perfection in this. And our kids are gonna mess up, we're gonna mess up in in what we're teaching them, but none of it makes us more or less worthy. Our children are not our trophies and they're not our shame. So it's, it's true that our children's mistakes and our children's successes are influenced by our parenting. Okay. But again, there is a distinction between influencing our children and then owning our children's behavior as our trophies or our shame they there there's a difference there there's where we we're being healthy and influencing their behavior and then there's there's where we are taking their behavior on as our own and it's it's how we value ourselves so that's the distinction that I'm hoping to get at in this podcast so this is something that we we really do need to be aware of because it's not fair to our kids for us to think of them as our trophies or shame is it Making our kids' successes and failures, our own successes and failures, puts so much pressure on our kids. Now, we see this in extreme cases, right? When, like, a child prodigy doesn't feel like they can quit a sport or an instrument because they're, they're going to disappoint their parents and their parents are going to feel shame. And so they take on their parents' shame as well as their own shame. Or, you know, like maybe some parents are pushing someone to become a doctor or to become a lawyer and they don't want to do that, but they go through with it because again, their parents are going to be ashamed if they're not successful in the way that their parents are expecting them to be successful. Okay. But it happens in really subtle ways too, in our everyday life, right? if we feel ashamed of ourselves when our children get in a fight at school, or if they cheat on a test, or if they talk back to the teacher, if we're ashamed of ourselves when that happens, then our children now have to deal with their own shame and disappointment in themselves because they know they messed up. Then they have to deal with the disappointment that their parents have in them, which is natural. Of course, we're going to be disappointed when our kids mess up, but they also have to deal with the shame that their parents are carrying about themselves that's a lot and our kids may not be able to voice this or even recognize that this is what's happening to them it really is subtle but they do know that they're carrying a lot now it's the same when we turn our kids into trophies it's nice to be a trophy (laughs) and kids don't want to come off your trophy shelf so they might put pressure on themselves to keep performing so that you can keep feeling good about them and yourself, right? Now the other thing about this is this this way of viewing our children's behavior as an extension of our goodness or our badness, it's not fair to us. It puts our own satisfaction and happiness outside of us. We're literally depending on another human being to make us feel worthy, proud, happy, or whatever. We're depending on their behavior. We're depending on everything they do to make us feel good about ourselves. That can lower our self-esteem and it can totally warp our view of ourselves. So it's not fair to our kids. It's not fair to us. So what's more fair? Now this is tricky. And it takes a lot of self-reflection because there's a balance here, right? That's, that's why this subject is kind of hard. It, there is this balance, but the balance is hard to find. I need to be realistic here. It truly is difficult when your child isn't living up to certain standards. Like it really is. It feels crushing to your self-esteem if your child struggles socially, academically, emotionally, physically, and more. It, it really does. And we need to recognize that. And it, it really, on the flip side, does feel thrilling when your child succeeds in any of those areas. And you do feel good. Okay? So, of course, we're going to feel disappointment when our kids struggle or mess up or act out. And, of course, we're going to feel positive emotions when our children succeed. But the trick is we cannot let our worth and our self-esteem depend on our children's behavior. And that's really the individual journey that each parent has to go on. We have to unlearn those measurements that society has programmed into us. And then we have to rebuild our own personal standards and our own personal self-esteem and recognize that while we can feel disappointed if our children's make, children make mistakes, while we can feel joyful if they're succeeding, that still that doesn't impact whether we're a good parent or not right? If they make a mistake, we can still be a good parent. We don't, their, again, their behaviors are not an extension of our worth. Now, you know, the first tip I'm going to have on how to do this, how to go through this, this journey of self-reflection and unlearning and relearning is to connect. That's what we're talking about all the time at Pause and Connect. Connect with yourself and connect with your child, Why? (laughs) Well, because we have a lot of unlearning and reprogramming to do. Every one of us does. And connection is going to help us see this situation clearly. When you intentionally connect with your child, you find out who they are. You learn about their fears and their challenges. You learn what lights them up. You learn their triggers as well as their happy places. And then you see them more completely. This is so helpful because things become less personal this way. So let's say that you find out through connection that your child is afraid of public speaking, and then let's say that they intentionally choose to fail an assignment because the assignment involves public speaking. Okay. Since you connected with them and you know your child's fear, now, you know, you don't have to take this as, um, your own failure. Your child chose to fail and that's not your failure. You don't have to feel ashamed of them either because you understand them better. You understand this was hard for them. Maybe you wouldn't have made the same decision, but you understand their decision. And so now you can coach your child. You can work with the teacher. You can get accommodations if they need them and they have a diagnosis. Or you could even just accept that this is something your child doesn't have the capacity to do right now, and the failure is the best that they can do, and you can... You can love them for it and still see them as a complete individual and not feel internal shame about their decision and about their failure, you know, failing the, the assignment. So uh, let's do the other side. So when you find out through connection that your child feels really good when they score in basketball, I mean, of course, every child does, but let's say that that's something that they're thinking about all the time. And you find that out because of all the connection activities you've been doing. Well, then you can cheer because your child is happy and your child is proud of themselves when they score a basket. Is that the right word? I am not athletic. Score a basket. That doesn't sound right. Score points. When they make a basket, that's the right, right way to say it, I think. Send me a message if it's not. Anyway, so you can cheer when they make a basket because they are happy and proud of themselves. And now it's it's not about you wanting your child to succeed and you feeling individual pride when they do. It's now your joy is about their own pride in themselves. If they don't score at all, okay, okay, then you don't feel individually disappointed you don't feel ashamed that your child didn't score you don't own their disappointment as your own disappointment but you've connected you understand how much this will hurt them and so you feel empathy for their pain see how that's different than oh i'm so ashamed that my my child can't can't play basketball like their friends my child never never makes a basket. I'm so ashamed. I need to hide my head. Um, or, or what's wrong with me that I have a child who, who can't do this task. What's wrong with me? Why didn't I help them? Why didn't I help give them the the strength to do this earlier? Why didn't I put them in earlier? And why didn't I teach them? Why haven't I been outside in the front yard teaching them how to do this? You know, we go through all of that when our children fail, but when you've been connecting with them and you know what this means to them, that they didn't make the basket, then you feel just empathy. You feel, you just feel their pain instead of, instead of making it about you and making it your pain and your mistake. And from there you can, you can solve things or you can just sit with them and help them. That's really beautiful. So connection makes it easier to see your child as a separate human being because your child is a separate human being from you. But your child is still someone who is linked to you in deep and meaningful ways. So I feel like I'm there's a lot of contradictions in what I'm saying here, right? And so we really have to kind of just... just I don't, I don't even know how to say this, but we we just have to really think deeply on this because this is a contradiction. Your child is separate from you, but you also want your child to be super linked to you and super connected to you in these really deep ways. You want to be intertwined, right? Like you, you want that, you want that closeness, but they also need to be their own self. So you want to be intertwined, but not in a way where you're depending on them for your happiness and your self-worth. So that connection helps you get to that healthier type of intertwinement. And it allows for more trust between the two of you. And it helps you figure out what to do when your kid does something negative, because you don't have to first work through your own shame, right? You don't have to be ashamed that they they missed the shot because you've, you've been doing that connection and you know them better. Now you already recognize that this is your child's issue and sure you can help. Sure. You can give them more skills. Sure. You can take responsibility for maybe not teaching a skill well enough, but through that connection, you can then step in and create a better situation for everyone. You can know what to do next. Know if they need a hug or if they need a solution, you can understand that better. Hopefully that makes sense. This is, this is a, this is a tough topic. So how do you intentionally connect with your child? Well, there's lots and lots of ways, and I have some fun episodes about that, a few of them. I'll link to them in my show notes, but really it's individual set aside time to just be with your child, let them lead the way in what you talk about, what you do. You can also invite them into your world world and do the things that you're interested in. But the main point is to be intentional, find ways to spend time together and to get to know each other. And I have one really great tool to help with this. My back and forth journal gives you and your child prompts to answer, and then you leave it on each other's pillows. So even when time is short, you can still learn something about each other throughout the day. This actually is the example that I gave you about uh, knowing knowing what your child cares about. The public speaking that actually came about with one of my children, I found out that they didn't like having all eyes on them. And so they didn't like raising their hand and answering questions. And I learned that through the back and forth journal. And so we, we made some, we talked about it and helped them through it. And, and, uh, they were young enough that they were able to, to, uh, overcome this. It hadn't turned into a big issue yet. So that was really cool that I was able to learn that through that. Um, so I'll link to my back and forth journal in the show notes and, uh, just, it's a really fun tool, really helpful. And it helps you get into your child's mind without prying and it helps you understand each other better. Okay. And I also mentioned that this tip about connection involves connecting with yourself and episode 20 goes over how to do this. So listen to that after this, it's a really great one, but this is so important. Every single one of us is harboring harmful messages about ourselves. It's just unfortunately the way life goes. And it, I hate that part of life. Um, But as you make time to intentionally connect with yourself, you can let those harmful messages go little by little as time goes on. You can come to love yourself more. And this can help reduce that need to have our children be our trophies or to take on their shame as our shame. And I have a self-guided course to help you learn your strengths and connect with yourself. Super fun one. And I'll link to that in the show notes too. Lots of links in this episode. Okay. Just know that you are so worth the time and effort it takes to get to know yourself. You really are. And you have, you have so many good qualities. You have more than, you know, I promise you that. Okay. My next tip is to change some language. This will help to change some mindsets. So for example, let's change the word shame to embarrassment. So it's not shameful anymore when your child tells the teacher that she smells bad, okay? You're not a bad parent. You don't have to take that on yourself oh, I'm such a bad parent. My kid told the teacher that she smells bad. You don't have to do that. But yeah, it's embarrassing. <laughs> you can wish it didn't happen, but you don't have to feel worthless or like you're failing. You can let yourself be embarrassed and move on. And moving on can look different from situation to situation. Maybe you need to teach your child more social skills. Maybe you need to just let this one roll and and deal with, with it with bigger issues. It, it all depends on on your child. And if you've been doing that connection, you kind of have more confidence to know how to, how to handle these situations when they come up. Because we need to, again, here's that tricky part. We need to separate ourselves from our children. But it's not that we need to become disconnected, not at all, because as I just said, we need to focus on connection, but it's the connection of two separate individuals. It's not the joining of two individuals into one. It's not the melding of two people into one person. You and your child are separate beings with a connection and you want it to be a strong connection, but you need to remember that you are not your child and your child is not you and your child's actions are not your trophy or your shame. So we need to stop thinking of our children's successes as our successes. They aren't. And their failures are not our failures. We can be proud. We can be pleased. We can be happy for their growth and their successes. We can be sad. We can be disappointed. We can be discouraged at their failures. But it's not us who succeeded or failed. And when we change that language from, I feel ashamed to, I'm embarrassed, you know, or I'm so proud that my child is this way to my, I'm, my, I'm really happy that my child has found something that makes them happy and that they've worked hard to get there. Those are two different things, you know, when you're, you're, I'm so proud and, and I'm not, I'm not being totally, uh, like, like, I'm not saying that we can never say I'm so proud, but, but I'm, I am trying to say like that language uh, makes it our own success. It makes it, 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 it kind of puts us in that camp of I'm proud when my child succeeds, I'm ashamed when they fail. So if we can do more of, I'm really happy that my child is, is finding something that they love. I'm really happy my child worked so hard. I am experiencing a lot of joy at, as I watch my child do this thing and do it well, you know, um, that, that helps us because it's not us who succeeds or fails when our children are doing something, right? Now, again, this is complicated and nuanced because of course we do have influence, but it's still not us doing the succeeding or failing. So here's an example. Right now the Olympics are going on, so Simone Biles is just in on my mind all the time. She's everywhere. So I think she's a good example of what I'm talking about. So Simone Biles' parents did a lot of work to help her be successful, right? cost, time, energy, everything it took to help Biles become the greatest gymnast of all time. They, they did a lot. She couldn't have done it on her own. And she has even acknowledged that in really sweet Instagram posts about her parents. So there, there is that intertwining, right? Like her success is because of their efforts, but those medals she has earned, the successes she's had, she did the work she earned them. It was not her parents out there doing all those intense moves, right? That was her every single time. So, she's grateful that her parents did did the work to help it make it possible for her to become as good as she is, but she's the one who became as good as she is. Do you see that distinction? Now, as far as her parents for sure they can be proud. They can be pleased. They can be joyful. They can feel all those positive things. They can even kind of pat themselves on their back for all the work that they did. They did a lot to help her, right? All of us can pat ourselves on our back. You know, you had a newborn, you, you, you went through that newborn year, pat yourselves on the back. You did a lot for your child, right? But those medals belong with Simone. They just do. So similarly, I can pat myself on the back for getting my child to her gymnastics classes. I'm driving her, I'm paying, I'm supporting, I'm cheering her on. When she lands her back handspring, sure. That, yeah, it happened because I put in some work, of course. Like if I wasn't paying for her gymnastics, if I wasn't driving her there, she wouldn't be learning that, but it is her who did it. I'm not out there on the floor. I can't even do a cartwheel. <laughs> so it would be ludicrous to take her progress as my own. And her successes are not my trophy, Trophy, excuse me. Similarly, it would be really ludicrous to feel shame if she doesn't land her back handspring because it's not me who didn't land it. Now I can be sorry for her. This is the nuance. This is what. This is where it's so difficult to kind of talk about this clearly, but I can be sorry for her. I can feel her disappointment but it's not my mistake. And I don't need to be ashamed. And I'm not a bad parent because my child didn't land their back handspring, right? And when Simone stumbles, her parents can feel sorrow because they know she's disappointed in herself, but it's not them stumbling. They don't need to feel ashamed. If, and if they do, then she's got to carry their shame, right? And that's not fair. So we can feel sorrow. We can feel sadness for our children's disappointments, but we need to stop before we internalize them as our shame, right? So we can be embarrassed. We can be sad, but it's not our shame. We're not bad parents. We didn't do this. We didn't make them make those choices, right? So with behavior, let's say my kid goes and steals from a store. That's going to be incredibly disappointing. And I'd be lying again. Here's the nuance again. If I said I wouldn't feel shame, I probably would feel shame in the beginning, It's especially initially. What did I do wrong? Why is my child stealing? It's such an immoral thing to do, but it's still my responsibility to not internalize my child's mistakes as my own shame. And so it, I have to know that this does not make me worth less as a parent. This, this is not something I did. It's not my fault. If my child steals, my child made the decision. Now, of course, that's not, that's not easy. And it, and it's probably not appropriate. Like, oh, my child stole. It's not my fault, whatever. Like that's, that's not appropriate either. Like we need to feel that disappointment and that sadness and, and all of that, but I don't need to take it on as I'm a bad parent because my child stole. Maybe I made some mistakes. Maybe I didn't teach the value of honesty as well as I could have. Maybe I need to repair some stuff now, but I don't need to go down into that, that hole where I am just the most worthless person and and it's all because of my child's actions, right? Now, it's not going to be easy to, to avoid feeling that way. You know, you, you, you might feel shame, your child steals or does something like that, but we all need to work to not internalize our child's actions as our own shame or as our trophies. And the more we work on it, the better we'll get at it. And we can, we can be, we can feel alongside with them instead of taking their feelings and putting them in, into us as if, as if we are the, we are bad and terrible. So in the day-to-day stuff, the meltdowns at the store, okay, that's not your fault. You can be embarrassed. We're switching that word from shame to embarrassed. You can be sad. You can be frustrated. But your meltdowns, your child's meltdowns are not your shame to hold. Changing that language just a little from I'm ashamed, I'm a bad mom, to I'm embarrassed this happened. I wish it never had, you know, that kind, that kind of language is different. You hear the difference. It can help us work on changing our mindsets. And then that can help us stop owning our children's behavior as our self-esteem. We don't need to measure our worth based on our children's behavior. My next tip is the phrase, your child is not giving you a hard time. Your child is having a hard time. See, everywhere we look, we see messages that our kids are out to make our lives difficult. It's hard not to internalize that. So when our child has a meltdown over homework, we feel like they're having a meltdown at us. Or when they don't want to eat the healthy food, we feel like they're being picky at us. And that makes us feel angry or defensive or like we're a bad parent. It makes us take their behavior on as our own fault. But when you realize that your child isn't giving you a hard time, your child is having a hard time, You recognize again that you are two separate people. Your child isn't being violent because you're a bad parent. Your child might be hitting their friend because they're having a hard time. So which mindset is going to help you find a solution? If you go with that first one, I'm a bad parent because my child is hitting their friend, then you're going to feel shame and shame makes us hide or it makes us act out or it makes us act out of fear or it makes us panic. And then we don't know what to do. But recognizing that our child is struggling eliminates the shame. We don't have to feel shame for this behavior. We can just see it for what it is. This child is having a hard time. They're not hitting their friend at you. They're struggling to regulate their emotions in this moment. And uh, wow, that's such a better place to start from, don't you think? You, You don't have to work through shame. You just can see the situation for what it is. Now, sure, it's still frustrating and still difficult that your child is hitting their friend, right? Yes, you still need to act quickly to stop the hitting. And yes, you still need to teach your child a better way. But now you know that you're not a bad parent. Your child is having a hard time. And now when you see the situation for what it is, you, you're, you, you can ask the types of questions that will lead to solutions. Because your brain is primed for that. Your brain is not fighting through shame. Your brain is ready to ask questions for solutions like, why is my child having a hard time? What skill is my child lacking? What happened to my child today? Is my child feeling hungry or tired? Is this a recurring problem? Do I need more help? Who can help me? Right? You You can find solutions because you can ask the right questions because you're not mired in shame. These questions are not shameful questions and because of that, they lead to solutions. So repeat that phrase. My child is not giving me a hard time. My child is having a hard time. This is going to reduce your shame and it's going to reduce your own, your need to own your child's behavior as your own. And my final tip is to check your mindset about others. The kinder you are to others, the kinder you can be to yourself and vice versa. So if you're tempted to think that another mom is a bad mom because her child is throwing a fit over candy in the store, check yourself. Is she a bad mom or is her kid having a hard time? When you're tempted to tell someone that they must be so proud of their child's straight A's, stop yourself and flip the language a little bit. Flip who you're talking to. Congratulate the child for the straight A's. If you're talking to the parents, ask the parents how their child feels about their success. Do what you can to not make their child a trophy. Be forgiving of other children and avoid the temptation to blame their behavior on their parents. And I remember this story several years ago of a mountain lion attack in a suburban backyard in Colorado. And the child who was attacked was saved by his mother. Insane. She went out there and like opened the the mountain lion's jaws and saved her child because she saw it happening. She was at the kitchen window and she ran out and saved her child. Now in the comments on the story, people were blaming the mother for not being outside with her child. They said this wouldn't have happened if she if she wasn't outside with her child. Don't do this, okay? Don't place blame on a parent for a child's unlucky experience or for a child's misbehaviors. Now I'm working on this right along with, with you, I promise. I've blamed parents for mean things that their kids do to mine, but normally, if I talk to the parent and I don't always, but if I do almost, I think hundred percent of the time, I learn that the parent is struggling to help their child be kind. I learned that they are good parents who are trying their best and they haven't figured out how to help their child get over this current hurdle. Their child is also struggling to learn skills. Just like my child is tr- struggling to learn certain skills. We're all at different places on our paths. When we work to not judge another parent or child, we get a little better at not judging ourselves. This is really important. So to sum up, our children are not our trophies or our shame. It's not fair to our kids or ourselves when we own their successes or their failures as our own. So to help yourself overcome this very normal parenting mindset, I think every parent probably experiences this, what we need to do is focus on intentional connection with our children and with ourselves. We need to change our language so that we recognize that something is embarrassing, but not our shame. Something is happy, joyful. Your, your child is proud of what they've done, but you're not taking that ownership of that pride for, for what they've done. Hopefully that makes sense. And then also we need to remember that our child isn't giving us a hard time. They're having a hard time. And check our mindset about other parents and children. Are we judging them harshly? We need to try to give grace to other people and then we can be able to give more to ourselves. So I hope this has been helpful. Remember, I have a back and forth journal and parenting courses to help you with intentional connection and to change your mindset so that you can handle your children's challenges with more calm. And all of that will be linked in the show notes. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for pausing and connecting with me today. Your support seriously means the world to me. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know I have countless other resources for you to find more connection in your motherhood and life. Head to my website, rebeccabrownwright.com to check out my blog, check out my back and forth journal for parents and kids, and take a look at Pause and Connect Academy, where you can find courses to help you stop yelling, find your strengths, and finally get your kids to listen to you. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a positive review, sharing it on social media, or sharing with your friends. I love you and I want you to thrive in your motherhood and life. Thank you for being here. Now go forth and connect.